We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings in the Prophet, peace be upon him. Continuing the study of this hadith of Ka'b bin Malik. Uh, we are now in the latter part. Allah has forgiven the Prophet, the Muhajirun, and the Ansar. Allah has forgiven the Prophet Muhammad the Muhajirun, Muslim immigrants who left their homes and came to Al-Madinah, and the Ansar, Muslims of Medina, who followed to him, Muhammad Wasallam, in the time of distress. After the hearts of a party of them had nearly deviated from the right path, but he had accepted their repentance, certainly he is unto them full of kindness, most merciful, and he did forgive also the three who did not join the expedition that was deferred by the Prophet Muhammad for Allah's decision till for them the earth vast as it is was straightened and their own selves were straightened uh, to them and they perceived that there is no fleeing from Allah and no refuge but with him then he forgave them accepted their repentance that they might beg for his pardon repent unto him Verily, Allah is the one who forgives and accepts repentance. Most merciful, O oh, you who believe, be afraid of Allah and be with those who are true in words and deed. Okay, so a couple things here. <clears throat> so now it's the conclusion of this whole narration about Ka'b bin Malik. And what does it say? Allah has forgiven the Prophet, peace be upon him, the Muhajirun. Who are the Muhajirun? It's the people who didn't choose to come. So these are the people who, when the Prophet made Hijrah, Right. Uh, from Mecca to Medina, they also went. Oh, they did. Okay. Hence, Muhajirun is people who did Hijrah, meaning people who immigrated. Okay. And then the Ansar would be the people in Medina who then took care of the Muhajirun oh. when they arrived. So the Ansar are the helpers. Okay. And, and those who followed him, the Prophet, in times of distress, like the Tabuk expedition. Okay. And... This is after some of them nearly deviated. Okay. And so what does it say? He is full of kindness, Allah is, most merciful. And those three who did not join the expedition, uh, you, know, you know, because the earth seems so vast, but then it started seeing so narrow to them, like they were getting constricted to the point that they realized there's no escape from Allah. And the only place to turn is to turn back to him. And so then Allah forgave them. And so what are we saying here is that these two ayahs in the Quran are about those people. Ayahs 117-118 of Surah Tawbah are about those people. And so continue, Kaab says, Kaab said, By Allah, since Allah guided me to Islam, there has been no blessing more significant for me than this truth of mine, which I spoke to Allah's Messenger, Prophet Muhammad Wasallam. And if I were to tell a lie, I would have been ruined, as were ruined those who had told lies. For Allah described those who told lies with the worst description he attributed to anybody else. As he sent down the revelation, yeah, read this. they will swear by Allah to you, the Muslims, when you return to them, that you may turn away from them. So turn away from them. Surely they are filth, because of their evil deed. And hell is their dwelling place, a, recom a recompense that for they which they used to earn. They, the hypocrites, swear to you, the Muslims, that you may be pleased with them. But if you are pleased with them, 
Certainly, Allah is not pleased with the people who are the al Fasqun. Fasqun, yeah. The rebels. The rebels. Yeah. So, what is he saying? He's saying, Allah Ta'ala gave me this mercy, this acceptance of repentance because I was being honest. And I'm thankful because if I lied, I would have been destroyed. And look at the language Allah Ta'ala has used in this surah about them. That these people are filth. Meaning people who lied about why they didn't go. So he didn't go, which was bad, but he was straightforward and, and came clean about why he didn't go. But other people lied about why they didn't go to the expedition, and here Allah is giving them the worst description. It'd be one thing to say that they're going to hell, which he does, but he's saying these are the scourge of humanity. These are the filth of humanity, Rijsun. Okay? And Allah is not pleased with such people who are rebels. Good. So continue. Qab further added, the matter of three of us remained pending of decision apart from the case of those who had made excuses on oath before Allah's Messenger, Prophet Muhammad and he accepted those, took fresh oaths of allegiance from them, and supplicated for their forgiveness. The Prophet Muhammad kept our matter pending till Allah decided it. The three whose matter was deferred have been shown mercy. The reference here is not to our holding back from the expedition, but to his delaying our matter and keeping it pending beyond the matter of those who made their excuses on oath, which he accepted. Another narration adds, Allah's Messenger Prophet Muhammad set out for Tabuk on Thursday, and he used to prefer to set out on a journey on a Thursday. Another version says, Allah's Messenger Prophet Muhammad said, used to come back from a journey in the early forenoon and went straight to the mosque where he would offer two rakat prayers. Afterwards, he would seat himself there. Okay, so that's just giving some other variations. But at the end of this all, this started out with the story of Kab, who had joined the Prophet, peace be upon him, on every single expedition, right? And then this one particular one, he didn't go on for whatever reason, but then he came clean about it. And his repentance was accepted it's so much that now, forever, it's recorded in the Qur'an. Right? Wow. And, and so that's a moment of appreciation for him. Right? Okay, uh, you want to do the next one? Yep. Niri Imran bin al-Hussein al-Quzia, a woman from the tribe of Jana'a, came to Allah's Messenger, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu while she was pregnant from uh, Zinna, and said to him, O Messenger of Allah, I have committed an offense liable to had. So direct the execution of the sentence. We talked about this one. Yes. Oh, okay. So Allah's Messenger, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu called her guardian and said to him, Treat her kindly. Bring her to me after the delivery of the child. Mm -hmm. The man complied with the orders. At last, the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu commanded to carry out the sentence. Her clothes were secured around her and she was stoned to death. The Prophet Muhammad led her funeral players. Omar submitted, O Messenger of Allah, she committed zinna, yet, and you have offered funeral player for her. She, he replied, Verily she felt penance in such a manner as her repentance would suffice for seventy of the people of Medina if it had spread over them. Can there be any higher degree of repentance than that she sacrificed her life voluntarily? to win the pleasure of Allah, the Lord of our honor and glory. Okay, so we've looked at this. And so what to add from this, now that we've looked at the hadith right before this, that when you do wrong, in that moment, you love the world more than you love Allah. 
That's often what happens. In that moment, sometimes it's a split-second decision. But uh, the quicker you can come back to your love for Allah, the better you are, the more sincere you are in your request for repentance. Okay? And so what you want to develop as a believer is the sense of priority. That above everything is the fact that I can't escape Allah, I can't escape the Day of Judgment. I can try to pretend not to think about it, I can pretend it doesn't exist, but it's still there, and my life is in a straight line headed to my Day of Judgment. Right? And the more I can have consciousness of that, the more I'll realize how to then appropriately look at, look at this world. So she committed a sin, okay? She committed a big sin for whatever reason. Maybe it was a split-second decision. You know, like we call this like a crime of passion. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, she, she realized that, okay, in the bigger picture, I, have to, I know what I have to do now. Mm-hmm. And that is, I would rather face punishment in this life than in the next life, okay? And it's completely clear thinking. And so she goes to the Prophet, peace be upon him, saying, okay, I need this punishment. Then the Prophet sends her away, you know, come back after the delivery of the child. And then, and then in another narration, which is the one that we saw, you know, go raise a child for a while mm-hmm. until the child is okay. And here it's go back, come back with the delivery of the child, after the delivery of the child. And then she comes back and she says, okay, now I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have to pay the crime. And think about how painful that is for her. Because what mother would want to give up her child, right? The child that she carried for nine months. But she's realizing that if even higher importance than that is my own salvation, right? And, and so she had to choose between love for the child and love for her akhira, love for, you know, the reality of her akhira. And she chose the right decision, right? And, and again, this is another one of those things that looking from the outside in would seem very brutal. <clears throat> but the lesson here, part of what we're doing with repentance is we're saying, it is human to do wrong. Okay. Uh, but acceptance of, or uh, asking for repentance is a statement of, of appreciating reality for what it really is. Mm-hmm. You know. uh, let's do one more. Okay. Narrated Ibn Abbas and Anas bin Malik. Allah's Messenger, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu said, if a man, if a son of a man had a valley full of gold, he would desire to have two. Nothing can fill his mouth except the earth of the grave. Allah turns with mercy to him who turns to him in repentance. So what is that saying? So like we as humans we, we when we always don't believe we have enough in this life. Yeah. Like even if we had everything that we wanted we'd when we got it, we'd still now desire more. Yeah. This is a very human trait. I mean, I had a funny experience with uh, with this. I was playing a video game online where you're basically a trader. You go around the country and you're just trading, you go around the world and you're just trading, buying and selling. And I reached the point where I got a million dollars. And the next thing I wanted to do immediately was get a two million dollars. Okay. It's a game, it's not even real. And then I reached the point where, I think I reached the point where I got a billion. And then I wanted to get two billion. This wasn't even real money. And so this is very human. And so nothing will ever fill you up until your mouth is full of dirt. Meaning when you're dead. So there's this aspect within you that is always wanting more. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what you want to do, it, what, that appetite is often what is the source of many sins. Because it's one thing to, it's not a problem to be rich. It's a problem if you are violating people's rights to make yourself rich. Mm-hmm. It's a problem if you're abandoning your own obligations and responsibilities to become rich. Okay. 
But when you do that, if you do that, then you turn back to Allah. And what you really want to do is that yearning that you have for gold, everyone understands that yearning, that yearning for wealth. And what freedom you think of when you think of having a lot of money, mm. try to shift that yearning for repentance because that'll be true freedom. Mm. That's what a person wants to do. Mm. Okay, let's stop right here, inshallah. And the next time we'll, we'll get to hadith number 24 from Abu Huraira. Mm. Any last questions or thoughts? No. All right. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka natubu ilayk wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.